You are listening to the Bark the Browns podcast with Brandon Wolf and Asa Haslidge. Welcome on in, everybody, to the Bark of the Browns podcast. Co-hosting, as always, Ace Haslidge here, Brandon Wolf, bringing you some exciting news from around the league, some speculations, and then, of course, some Browns talk. So, uh, Brandon, how are we feeling today, man? I'm feeling good. You know, it's uh, it's another week in the NFL. Lots of breaking news since the last time we talked. So, uh, we got a lot to break down for you guys. Mm-hmm, for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, there are a few things I want to talk about. Obviously, we're a Brown-centered podcast, but like, just just quickly looking over like the show the show log here. I mean, we're we're going to talk a lot about the Jets today. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was obviously cut. Uh, everybody wants to know when Adam Gase is going to be fired and and what's going on with Sam Darnold. Then obviously we have the rest of the NFL news, the NFL canceling the pro bowl for the first time since 1949. Uh, the Titans absolutely destroying the bills on Tuesday night football, Melvin Gordon being cited for a DUI. And then me and you, we put together our own power rankings for the top 10 teams in the NFL so far this year. And, and obviously we're going to break down each and every team and look into that a little bit. And then uh, maybe even talk a little bit of Browns today, since we are a Browns podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of hot topics, man. Really excited to get into a lot of these. Um, some of them are excited worthy, like Melvin Gordon. You're not really excited to talk about a guy getting a DUI, but <laughs> definitely has a big uh, impact on the league. Um, Le'Veon Bell, man, that's that's definitely big news. Uh, it, they tried to trade him, and I, I'm really surprised a team really didn't bite, honestly, because uh, obviously he didn't really – he wasn't Steelers Le'Veon Bell on the Jets, but I mean he still he still had twelve hundred yards. <laughs> Sorry, my fault. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all good. I mean, like your point, and then also look who they got coaching them. Yeah, I mean, he had twelve hundred yards of total offense last year, and that's with I mean he was injured for part of the season if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yeah, let's really kind of dive into that for a minute. Just the the Jets cutting Le'Veon Bell obviously they tried to trade him first like but with a contract being that high for a guy who still is I mean he's 32 I believe so like with a for a contract like that for a guy like that it's I mean not a lot of teams are going to bite and clearly nobody did so now it's just about wondering which teams he might end up on and like there are a few teams that I've kind of thought of right away I know you were talking about the Buccaneers and before we joined or before we started the podcast. So like, what are your thoughts on him? Maybe, maybe joining the Bucs and having a good one, two tandem in uh, Fournette and, and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, me personally. I know there's a lot of speculations. Uh, the no tooth Steelers fans are thinking they're going to get him back, which is hilarious to me. I mean, he left you guys because they wouldn't pay, you guys wouldn't pay him what he wanted. So he left for the Jets out of all teams for less money. Think about that for a second. Why would he go back? Yeah, right. Like really stupid, honestly. Um, but at one point I wanted to make, and I know I did say it to you before we started recording, was 
I think a lot of teams are going to be trying to emulate what we have with Chubb and Hunt. Um, obviously, Chubb isn't really part of the duo right now with his injury. He'll be out for a while. But obviously, uh, first couple weeks in the season, we've seen how well it worked. And I think a lot of teams are going to try and emulate that in the Bucks right now, have a good opportunity in doing that. Um, Tom Brady isn't really looking like the Tom Brady we know. You know, GOAT, six rings, all, you know, legacy, all that kind of declined a little bit him and Drew Brees also, but um, kind of get on, on the main point here. Uh, I think that the Bucks looking at Tom Brady and now having a chance to get Le'Veon Bell um, thinking about just Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell in the same backfield. You can't not use those guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if Le'Veon did ended up signing for those, I mean, who he obviously has a reputation on the league. So who wouldn't want to play with Tom Brady? Right. And I think Le'Veon's going to be looking at that and be like, man, let's get a ring, dude, honestly, or compete for one at least, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I think they're going to go towards more, even without getting Le'Veon Bell, if they don't, I think they're going to definitely look at uh, emulating the run game more into the offense. And I really hope so because Leonard is one of my running backs in my fantasy team, so <laughs> kind of got to get his points up, man. He hasn't been doing much for me. So uh, in all seriousness, no, they definitely got to – um, put the run game in and get that going a little bit more. And then if you have Le'Veon and Fournette back there, I mean, come on, you got to give yeah. those guys the ball a lot. Yeah, right. Uh, going through some lists of, of teams that could be interested in signing him. I mean, you have the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Titans, the 49ers, the Browns, which we can talk about that later. Um, the Steelers, like you mentioned, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like we were just talking about the chiefs and even the Chicago bears. So those are all teams that, well, some teams that do have a great number one back, but maybe we could see something like we've seen in Cleveland so far where they have a good number one back, but then they even have a better like backup running back. So, I mean, thinking about him on the chiefs is scary as hell oh, because <laughs> somehow they would take a 33, 32, 33 year old Le'Veon Bell and turn him into a beast. Uh, the Steelers, I don't have any interest in that. What do you think about him maybe signing with a team like the Seahawks or the Titans? It's kind of pushing for a playoff spot and, and maybe doing a little bit of ring chasing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think with a team like Seattle, um, they're passing. I mean, their defense in general is kind of along with us and a few other teams we talked about pretty much dead last. Uh, and I think they're just like, you know what, man, I, I think if you're looking at it from the Seahawks front office perspective, it's like our defense needs a lot of work, but why not just build on something that's already really good and yeah, just right. leave those for, you know, leave that for the draft. We can build that on the draft, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, and just throw Russell or throw Russell Wilson and Le'Veon Bell together in a backfield. Like, why not? Just go for a huge offense explosion that'll just help the defense be like yeah our defense will give up 30 points a game but hey look at this offense how many points can we produce a game you know I, I think yeah. it'll be just be from that point be like yeah we can we'll build up our defense in the draft you know maybe I mean they're not going to be absolutely excellent in the snap of a finger after these years draft I mean you never know who you never know what kind of uh, impact a rookie can have on the Seattle defense but um having Le'Veon Bell back in the backfield behind Russell Wilson. And 
I mean, Russell Wilson likes to, you know, dish it off to running back sometimes. That, and we yeah. know that Le'Veon Bell is a good uh, receiving running back also. So, you know, he yeah. can even line up in the slot or even wide out. Uh, yeah. you, you know, he's just such a versatile player like that. So I think it would be a pretty good fit in Seattle. I don't even want to entertain the idea of him going to Kansas City. They're way too good. They don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh like we already, I already made my joke about the Steelers. That's, I mean, I really don't see it happening. <laughs> I don't see it in all reality. Either. So yeah. I, I'll just kind of toss that to the side. The Browns, we don't need them. Straight yeah. up. I mean, okay. So here's what I'm thinking here for a second. Like, I want to touch on the Seahawks first, and then we can obviously dive into it more from the Browns' perspective. But if I'm the Seahawks, you want to look at their defense first they already have two great cornerstone pieces on their defense in Jamal Adams and uh, Bobby Wagner. So like you said, building in the draft for their defense would be, it'd be the logical thing to do. So maybe picking up somebody like Le'Veon Bell isn't exactly out of the realm of possibility, if that makes any sense, you know, because Mm -hmm. they have Chris Carson, who's a great uh, ground and pound back, you know? So like, he's the guy that sits there and works in the trenches and just does whatever he has to do to get those tough yards. Whereas when you bring in a guy like Le'Veon Bell, it is almost kind of like a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt backfield where you have Chris Carson again, who's, who's in there getting the tough yards and then Kareem Hunt, which would be Le'Veon Bell in this situation, getting those pass catching yards and, and catching touchdowns. So that would definitely be scary to think about. But again, the Chiefs, I don't want to even entertain that idea. So <laughs> yeah, man, I, you and me both. Yeah. So the Browns, this is something that I've, I've heard ever since, I mean, <laughs> the breaking tweet came out from Adam Schefter last night. This is not something, this is not an idea that I want to entertain. This is not, anything that really I'm even excited for because in my opinion, Le'Veon Bell's 32, 33 years old. Once you get to that age in in running back years, it's almost like you're 60, you know? So it's like, it's, that's, that's not a guy that I'm willing to give 10 to $15 million a a year for. Um, And I mean, I can't imagine him maybe trying to sign anywhere for less than that. I mean, maybe just a little bit less than 10, but who knows? I mean, that's not a guy that I re- I'm really willing to gamble on for one year or for not even a year. It'd be a half year at this point if we signed him. So I'm good with Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, and kind of kind of nursing Nick Chubb back to health and, and waiting for him to come back. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. And I mean, it's a good point. You made up the running back years compared to actual years. I mean, you're getting beat up on almost every play, man, whether you're, you know, to a quarterback's blind side, throwing a block or two from a linebacker blitzing, or obviously you're running the ball. Linebacks are coming after you, hitting you. Grown men are coming after you, hitting you all the time. It, it's a, it definitely takes a toll on the human body being an NFL running back. And I mean, the, not even running back, um, just period in the league. I mean, the average career, uh, average span of a career is what, six years, five years. So you have to look at it from that aspect, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously you have guys like Tom Brady who are going to play until they're 73 years old, but you're not going to have guys that are like running backs or wide receivers or even defensive players uh, playing into their forties. So again, Le'Veon Bell, a guy that I would kind of want to want to shy away from, but sticking with the jets, 
I put out a tweet uh, earlier, kind of just joking a little bit, but also in all seriousness, when are we going to see Adam Gase kind of get kicked to the side? I mean, I, I couldn't see it being any later than week eight. Um, I mean, we've seen that happen a lot in, in, in the middle of the season. We've seen coaches get fired. Um, I mean, as Browns fans, we saw Hugh Jackson and uh, Todd Haley both get fired in the middle of the season. It changed a whole season around for the Browns. And uh, obviously Baker Mayfield had a great last half of his rookie year because of the departure of Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. Is that something that we could see with the Jets? And maybe that would help us answer some questions for Sam Darnold. Um, Possibly. I mean, from my point of view, it's not a matter of if he'll get fired. It's when he's getting fired. I mean, I, I think that's – it's not an unpopular opinion, what I just said. It's its we're all not looking forward to it, but we're expecting it. And whether or not it will help Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold, I mean, maybe. Um, honestly, what I'm thinking with this dude is – I mean, we all joke. We all make the memes about, oh, I, he's seeing ghosts all the time. But, I mean, that dude has taken a lot of big hits very early on in his, in his career. And, I mean – Obviously, in the NFL, he's taken his hits, but then you got to look at USC. He's taken he he took some decent hits at USC also, and I mean, does the dude have like uh, it's not a laughing matter, but I mean, you're looking at it, it's like does does this dude have CTE already? Like yeah, honestly, right. I mean, from right. a lot of heavy hits, and I mean, the New York Jets' offensive line isn't really known for giving him you know a pretty good pocket back there, and yeah. he's not the guy to run out of out of it too much and escape. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, that might, I, that might be a possibility. I mean, we throw that word a lot out now or that the CT, not really a word, but we throw that yeah. out a lot now, but it's yeah. honestly, for me, it's a possibility for Sam. Yeah. I mean, really up until the draft this year, they, they drafted Mackay Becton. Um, and he, he's been phenomenal for them so far this year, but up until then, or up until now, he's really hasn't had a good offensive line and for a lot of people that's what scares them about Joe Burrow is that is is he going to see so many hits that he kind of does start seeing ghosts and he starts taking too many hits and then we'll see Joe Burrow have to pull an Andrew Luck obviously you don't you don't wish that on anybody but again like you want to worry more about your personal and mental health over over what you're doing in the NFL because really when you look at a guy like Joe Burrow or Sam Darnold they've made their money they, they're, they're already millionaires. So like if, when it comes down to worrying about your mental health and who you are and where your future is going, you obviously want to protect yourself and be, and be healthy for the rest of your life rather than keep on taking hits and again, risk getting something like CTE or permanent brain damage. So, I mean, this whole Jets team is really scary. I mean, New York, in general for football is just an absolute dumpster fire right now. So I'm not really sure what to say about the Jets anymore, but gosh, it feels good to not be in that situation as a Browns fan. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's like looking at us from an outside perspective. Yeah, it really, I mean, what we've had the, what we were in the past couple of years, it, it's just very, very similar it's, you know, oh, fire your head coach. Oh, we need a new quarterback again. And maybe, maybe yeah. that's a cycle that they'll see now instead of us. Fire head coach, new quarterback, new coach. You know, oh, we need a new quarterback again. So, yeah. um, you know, it feels good that it's not us. But looking at it from the outside is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
for sure. But there are a few bullet points here I just want to rattle off before we get into our power rankings. Uh, what are your thoughts on the NFL canceling the Pro Bowl for the first time since 1949? Uh, that was um, it was breaking news to me. Um, not when <laughs> yeah. you, when you first said it to me, I was like, "What?" Yeah. But um, you know, this COVID stuff has really changed our world for. I don't want to say forever, but I mean, maybe a while. Yeah. I mean, definitely this year has completely derailed 2020 and how, you know, the normal was we've been in a new normal now for a long time. I mean, we're coming up on a year exactly, you know, kind of end of the 2019 is when the stuff first coming started coming in and we are starting to, you know, get worried about it. But obviously 2020 is when it fully took effect. So many things in the world have been changed. It, it's, just really wild to see um i really wasn't even thinking about them canceling the pro bowl um i know we didn't have a mlb all-star game so i maybe should have expected it but it really just the way the nfl was going aside from the titans that have kind of you know messed things up a bit i never really thought about it and you know especially hearing about it that it's the pro bowl has been a thing since 1949 like that's a long time of an annual yeah. event to be you know that's that's yeah. constant for a while that's generations yeah. you're looking at right and for that to be canceled it's just like wow man it really puts into perspective um i mean honestly i'll just go ahead and say it what the titans have done to the league cough cough yeah right <laughs> now it's, mean, it's it was going smooth for a while and then you know the titans yeah. had to be the titans and yeah yeah i mean i'm not dude like i don't really even know what to say about them because like like they really did kind of screw up a lot. Like I know that there was word of just them being punished for a while. And then just yesterday after the Titans came out and won, Roger Goodell came out and kind of put the kibosh on it. But what I was hearing was the Titans were going to be fined $10 million and a first round draft pick and Mike Vrabel and whoever the GM is. I, I don't know his name they were going to have to be suspended for a year. So, I mean, obviously Roger Goodell felt like whatever they did was not worth that much of a penalty, but still, I mean, like this, something has to happen. Like if, if this continues, you know, like obviously they were able to get enough positive or negative tests, I should say to, to play last night or Tuesday night. And, uh, but I mean, I'm really interested to see how the NFL takes care of this as they move forward, because the Titans are not the only team that are going to, or that are going to break protocol. I mean, sure. They were stupid enough to do it, but there are plenty, there are 31 other teams and not all of them are the brightest. So <laughs> let's, yeah, let's just we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if teams start actually getting banned from like postseason play or something for this. Right. That really wouldn't be surprising to me. I mean, you know, old Roger up there likes to make up some BS rules and do some stuff that we really don't agree with. So, I mean, honestly, he could start just being straight up like, all right, like, even if you do have a chance to make it to the playoffs, you know, we're not going to risk it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've seen with the MLB, the regular season panned out. And then once play, uh, playoffs started that, you know, more different protocols were entered. And then for the world series for baseball, they're going to have it in a bubble like the NBA did. And yeah. so maybe after postseason play, or, I mean, if they want to contain it really quick, they're going to start 
I mean, like we already talked about uh, the last, it was maybe a couple episodes ago or the last episode. It's really hard to bubble like how many people. I mean, that's a lot of people it's to try and bubble, people, man. Yeah. It's 52 people, 52 players alone on 32 teams, not counting coaching staff and front office people and that's all that. 1,664 players. Again, like you said, that's not counting front office. But there was one thing that I was kind of thinking about. And again, if there's, if you think this is right or not right, feel free to share your opinion. But what if we almost did a week to week bubble? Whereas, okay, so say the Browns right now are, they're headed to Pittsburgh. Sunday after they played the Colts, they either quarantine here until their flight to Pittsburgh or they quarantine in Pittsburgh until the game. And so you just week to week, you quarantine wherever you're playing. And then you just, I mean, I, I would think that that would definitely help some things. Not that way. It's almost like a bubble, but it's not, I mean, you, that way you'd still be able to see your family for the players or front office or coaches or trainers or whatever. But then at the same time, you're not being, you're not stuck in a bubble where like you were with the NBA, where you're just seeing the same guys that you're working with every single day. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that is kind of a thing that could happen that would help. Like you said, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, some players are maybe doing that on their own, just, all right. I mean, I'm going home. I ain't really doing much till the game. Like I got to practice, go home. That's it. I'm not really, you know, I'll I'll maybe get on a zoom call with family to say, Hey, not really visit them or visiting them or anything. So, I mean, I, some players are probably doing it. Some players I'm sure, I mean, just like people in general, we see people take it serious. Some people don't take it as serious. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of a player to player perspective, how they take it. Um, you know, obviously there isn't a bubble protocol or you have to stay home for this amount of days or how about this? You're flying out you know, a little earlier to the games now and you're, we're putting y'all in a hotel or something. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, a week to week thing would make a little more sense instead of like a league wide thing because quarantining or bubbling 52 people is a lot easier than, you know, 1100 or whatever you said. That's definitely a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just really tough, man, to see, to say what's going to happen or what could happen. Cause there's just so many variables. Yeah. I don't even know what to say or what to predict, but I mean, we were talking about the Titans. The Titans just played on Tuesday night. Uh, they absolutely destroyed the Buffalo bills. Um, th- this is the first actual team that Buffalo has played. Well, I don't want to say that cause they did play the Rams or wait, yeah, they played the Rams. They beat the Rams. But still, this is one of the first major teams that the Bills have played, and they absolutely got destroyed. Uh, Ryan Tannehill throws for three touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen struggled. He had two two touchdowns but two interceptions. Derrick Henry had himself a hell of a game, uh, rushing for two touchdowns and absolutely destroying Josh Norman and stiff arm, stiff arming him into another century. So uh, I'm not really sure what to think of this Titans team, but when you see a game like this, it kind of makes you want to step back on a team like the Bills and think, man, was this is this really MVP Josh Allen and is this the the team that we thought it was or is this just 
a case of, hey, this is the first five games of the season and they played four teams that were not the greatest. Yeah, I, that definitely could be it. I mean, we'll see as the season goes. I think a lot of things are going to change. Uh, but, you know, the Bills, I mean, we're t- we were talking about Josh Allen being possibly an MVP candidate and then having that offense only put up 16 points. That's definitely, yeah. you know, an, uh, an eye raiser. Like, hey, whoa, mm. <laughs> what's going on here? I mean, or it could just be, you know, a, a bum game for them. Like the offense yeah. just couldn't get anything going. And then maybe next week they come out and explode or something. You never know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's just a week-to-week thing. Um, I mean, it's, I think, honestly, just looking at Josh Allen, I'll, and uh, once we do our top ten, I'll kind of get into him a little bit more individually. But looking at just what he's done so far this season, I kind of think maybe it's just, you know, an off game for them. Yeah. And the last thing I do want to talk about with the Titans before we do move on to just a few more bullet points and then finally our top ten power rankings. Uh, the Titans – Left outside linebacker, I believe it is. Yes, left outside linebacker, Kamela Correa. Now, I'm sorry if I butchered butchered his name, but he requested a trade. Mike Vrabel has come out and said, if we cannot trade him to somebody, we are going to release him. Now, in my opinion, I hate when people in the front office do that because then it's like, why is anybody going to trade for him if they know that you're going to release him? You know, so it's kind of laughable, but he is young. He's only 26 years old. He's been a solid linebacker last year. 2019 was his best season. He had 37 combined tackles, 27 solo, 10 assisted, six tackles for a loss, five QB hits uh, and one fumble recovery. From what I understand, this guy is solid. He's constantly on the ball. He's constantly making big plays so for a Browns team that needs that is still looking for that solid linebacker that is going to be starting every single snap or the majority of the snaps is this I mean I really feel like this is somebody that the Browns could at least pick up the phone for you know I mean obviously we don't know too much about him Uh, I don't watch the Titans too much but Again, this this would be an interesting pickup. And one more notable thing is that he did play for the Baltimore Ravens in 2016 and 2017. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we did see him a couple times in that case. And then uh, you just kind of read off a little bit of his stats. I mean, it seems like he's, you know, a pretty decent linebacker. He's where you need him to be. He's making extra plays that you also, you know, every once in a while you need out of a linebacker to, and plus, I mean, the important thing is you're in the middle of the field like that. You got to have your hat on the ball a lot. Um, and that's definitely something that we do need on the linebacking side. Um, we're out Kirksey and we're out Showbert. I mean, people had their opinions about Joe Showbert, but I mean, when you don't have him on the team, you see what impact he did make. So we definitely do need somebody solid on that linebacking core. And I mean, maybe he could come in and be the leader for that room. Cause um, I did kind of touch on it a couple episodes that, you know, we need another leader for that defense and, you know, he could come in and be that. Um, I mean, you look at it from a defensive side. I mean, it's like quarterback, obviously he's going to be the leader of a team, no doubt. You know, that's like an automatic thing, but you know, for a defense, you're looking at like your middle linebacker or an outside linebacker or something. You're looking at one of your linebackers, whether it's three or four, however you run your defense, one of those guys as your leader. So um, I mean, if you're making plays for us, you're putting an orange hat on the ball in most of the game. What what more can you say out of them? I mean, 
if it's an easy pickup, I wouldn't say easy. I mean, if they do cut them, it'll be easy. You know, give them a easier, one or two. Yeah, year, right. yeah, give them a one or two year deal. Try it out, see how he plays, and then, you know, after after our trial run is up, be like, all right, man, we we can see you in orange and brown for a while. You know, let let's have you stick around. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a guy that I I don't know a whole lot about, but uh, one of the guys that I follow on Twitter, Jeff Lloyd, actually from the Lockdown Browns podcast, he retweeted it and said, Browns fans, this is a guy that we want. So, I mean, again, this would be interesting to see kind of what the Browns do as far as as this goes. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Andrew Berry on the phone with the Tennessee Titans and, and talking about picking up this guy, uh, Kamela Correa. So again, I mean, this season's kind of been a whirlwind, maybe picking up somebody like that will definitely help our defense. Um, last bullet point I want to touch on before we go to the top 10 power rankings is Melvin Gordon being cited for the DUI. Um, from what I understand, that means that he might not play their next game. Um, not really sure what to say as far as fantasy owners go. That kind of sucks for, uh, I mean, I know I own, I, I have him on my fantasy team. So it's it's going to be a little interesting to see where, what happens as far as that goes. But I'm, I'm not really sure what else to say. You never want to see something like this out of a guy, uh, out of anybody in the league. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Melvin Gordon being cited for a DUI. It's kind of like, what are you doing, man? Just be a little, be a little smarter. You're risking your life and everybody else's life at that point. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if they'd be as harsh to cut him or something, or I yeah. mean, we'll probably be looking at a suspension for a yeah, couple right. games, Yeah. but I, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, yeah. drinking and driving, that's, that's real yeah. stupid to do, man. That's bigger than football. Yeah. Right. Again, you're risking people's lives and at that point, and, Again, the Broncos haven't come out with an actual suspension, um, but from what I do understand, from what I've heard, is that he could at least miss their next game against the New England Patriots. So um, let's go into the top 10 power rankings. This is kind of something that I've been looking forward to for a while now. Obviously, I wanted to wait until we got at least almost halfway through the season to do something like this because obviously – you get into week one and people start overreacting over every little thing. I mean, hell, everybody thought the Browns were going to be the worst team in the league after uh, yeah. our showing on week one. So um, the way we can kind of break it down is I can go my one, you can go your one, and uh, and we'll just kind of do it like that and, and then obviously give our explanations as well. So, All right, man, let's do it. Uh, in my first spot, this might shock some people, but again, I explained it to you before we started recording the Chiefs, the Chiefs are number one for me. Uh, there's not many teams in the league right now that I would put the Chiefs up against that I I would feel like they'd lose. You know, obviously that showing against the Raiders was not the greatest, but that's another one of those things like it's it was a division game. When you play division games, it gets a little more heated. Things get a little more riled up and, and teams that shouldn't lose sometimes do, you know, and that's that's, I mean, something the Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens, and we've seen that in our own division throughout the years. So again, like that's, it's, it's something that happens. People and teams have bad games, but again, there's no team in the league right now that I put the chiefs up against. And, and I'd be thinking, I don't know if they're going to win, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, for my number one here, I have uh, the Seattle Seahawks at uh, number one for me. I mean, they have a 5-0 and record, best in the league. You have MVP looking Russell Wilson. I mean, he's definitely a candidate. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't win it. So you got Russell Wilson leading the charge on that offense. Um, I mean, him and DK Metcalf having a pretty good season. Obviously, they're, uh, their passing defense isn't really the best. I mean, we're, we're in the same boat with them. Um, they're definitely an offensive powerhouse, but you know, a five and zero record. You're you're leading the league in record. For me, it was a no brainer putting them at number one. Yeah. Uh, before I move on to my number two, I'm not sure if you heard this the other night on the call, um, but I believe it was Chris Collinsworth who said that when he and Russell Wilson were talking, he's Russell Wilson told whoever it was that he feels like him and DK Metcalf could be the next Joe Montana on Jerry Rice. So that shows you how much a guy like Russell Wilson, how much confidence he has in, in his guy, DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I really wouldn't surprise me. I yeah. mean, especially DK Metcalf being as giant as he is, and it's a pretty easy target for Russell. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know coming out of college, DK Metcalf's biggest worry for at least the people that were trying to draft him were that he wasn't going to be able to catch the ball as well. And, Clearly, that's that's not been the case. <laughs> oh, yeah. So moving on to my number two, I have the Packers. Uh, the Packers are a very solid team. They're they're very well-rounded, in my opinion. Mike Pettin, he, he's their defensive coordinator. He's a guy that, as Browns fans, we're familiar with. And, uh, I mean, their defense has always looked solid, even with the loss of a guy like Blake Martinez up in the middle. Um, I mean, their defense is solid. And then – you look over at the offensive side of the ball and you go, Oh wait, they still have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. So <laughs> it's uh, I mean, and, and they've looked solid even without Devonte Adams. So, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say about a team like this. You have another guy who's up for the MVP conversation and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. If you have him on fantasy, you probably winning your league by a million right now. And, and Devonte Adams, again, like I said before, he's missed game after game and, and, their offense is still looking solid. So I'd be very, I'm very excited to see them in the playoffs this year. And I mean, really, I don't see a scenario where them and the Seahawks aren't going at it for the NFC championship. Yeah. Um, that's definitely probably the most realistic possibility. Um, I have the Packers in the same spot as you. I have them as number two. Uh, I mean, so far they're the first N team in NFL history to score 150 points without a turnover. So obviously they're a well-rounded team in general. They obviously have a pretty solid defense, um, you know, along with being four and and then Aaron Rodgers at the helm. I mean, he's always up for MVP. It seems like, I mean, at the beginning of the season, oh, Aaron Rodgers is probably going for MVP. I mean, it's, it's no doubt. We obviously all know what Aaron Rodgers uh, can do. I mean, they, they do have a four and L start uh, to the season so far. So, I mean, you kind of touched on them kind of hard for me to make some other points there. So oh, my fault. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I mean, it, we, we would have probably said the same thing either way, whoever went first. So, um, you know, for both of us having the Packers at two is a pretty solid choice. Yeah. And then obviously I have the Seahawks at three. Um, yeah, I'm sure some of the people listening are wondering, wow, he didn't have the Seahawks at one or two, you know, but uh, I just feel like that defense is really a liability. And that's something that it's, I mean, 
when you think about a team that has Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, it's like, how can you think that their defense is a liability? But when you look at their, the most yardage given up throughout the whole season, I believe the Seahawks have given up the most yardage to every single team they've played. And, and that's a rough, to, a rough stat to lead. You know, I mean, I've always said over and over again that I love what the Seahawks have done with their money and with their cap space. Uh, I believe that paying a guy like Bobby Wagner and then going around and paying a guy like Russell Wilson is exactly what a winning franchise should do. And I think that's exactly what the Browns should do, but we'll kind of see what happens here in this offseason. So yeah, Seahawks at three. Again, I I think them and the Packers are going to be right up there for that NFC championship game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, For me at number three, I have the Chiefs. I mean, honestly, what I have them at three as is because of that loss uh, to the Raiders that they have in their schedule. Giving up 500 yards of total offense, you know, that's rough looking at the stat line. I mean, they're still in the top five. You're obviously a Super Bowl uh, champion. You're defending your title this year. And, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes and what that offense can do. So it is really, really hard to keep that team out of the top five. Um, you know, these, these rankings will definitely be changing. You know, teams are going to shoot up, shoot down, you know, week by week. So, you know, we, if we do another power rankings episode again, I mean, maybe the Chiefs will go back to number one, who knows, but, uh, for right now I do have them ranked at a number three. Yeah. For my number four spot, this is a team that they haven't looked like themselves lately, but the Baltimore Ravens, uh, even in a 27 to, I believe it was 27 to three victory over the Bengals. They, they didn't look like themselves. Lamar Jackson didn't look like the Lamar Jackson that we're used to seeing, but again, at the same time, they were playing the Bengals. That could be a game where you look at that game and you go, eh, we might not have to try as hard. Now I know Lamar Jackson's probably not going to tell you that, but again, when you go into a game against a bottom 10, bottom five team in the NFL, you're not gonna, you're not gonna give it, give the effort that you would if you were playing the Chiefs or the Packers or the Seahawks, you know. So, um, again, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with Baltimore. Baltimore's kind of in that weird spot where they're in second place in the division, but a lot of people still expect them to win the division and just run away with the AFC in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't see them absolutely running away with the AFC because, I mean, it seems like they have a kryptonite in Kansas City. Um, I, I I do have them in the same spot as number four. I mean, just knowing what they can do on offense. Week one showed us, again, what they can do on offense. Um, I mean, that front, front seven is a really, really uh, big factor. Uh, their offensive line and then their linebacks are pretty solid, too. Um, but that defensive line is absolutely scary, man. I mean, uh, defensive line and linebackers uh, combined, that seven had 15 hits on Burrow last uh, last time they played. So, I mean, getting in there like <laughs> getting in there a lot, hitting him 15 times, that's obviously, yeah. for one, taking a toll on Joe Burrow back there. And then, you know, looking at that, it's like, dude, <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to stop those guys. And, yeah. I, I mean, it is really scary, having, especially adding Calais Campbell to that defensive line. It's like it's almost unfair, man. Yeah. They do definitely have a scary defense. Um, And then, like I said, I, I mean, it seems like their kryptonite is Kansas City. So, um. You know, if they do see each other in the playoffs, which I mean, I hope it's us seeing the Chiefs. You know, we all like to be, uh, you know, optimistic here. But um, I mean, it's definitely going to come down to the wire for our division 
uh, definitely between probably us and the Ravens. I mean, the Steelers are looking pretty solid too, but I definitely think, you know, once we're coming into week 16, 17, it's definitely a toss up between us and Baltimore. So, I mean, this team is pretty solid. Uh, it's going to be a top five team for a while. Yeah, 100%. Now, the rest of this list is kind of where things shake up a little bit for between you and I. So, uh, right now, I have the Titans at five. Uh, that matchup that they had against the Bills on Tuesday night football, which that's still weird to say, Tuesday night football. Who who the yeah, hell ever thought <laughs> who the hell ever thought that was going to happen? But uh, that's that's what happens when you get the coronavirus. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the the way they played on on Tuesday against the Bills, uh, it almost reminds me of a Browns esque offense. I mean. Ryan Tannehill threw the ball for less than less than 30 times and still had four touchdowns, even though he didn't eclipse 200 yards. That feels like a Baker Mayfield stat line. If I've ever seen one, you know, like, yeah. I mean, a guy that's, he, you think, Oh, wow. He threw for four touchdowns. He had to have thrown for like 300. No, he threw for like 195. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they're really solid. And, and Derek Henry continues to be a man among boys in the NFL and, I mean, again, that stiff arm to Josh Norman, the constant replays of the stiff arm to Earl Thomas in that AFC, uh, the first round of the AFC playoffs last year. So I, I just think the Titans really know what's they, I mean, they know what to do to get wins. I mean, hell, they didn't practice for two whole weeks and then went out there and absolutely dismantled a team that everybody thought was a top five team in the NFL. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point there. So at my five, like we said, we're shaking it up a bit. So I have at number five for me is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen so far has had a pretty standout season. Uh, he's still struggling with the accuracy a little bit, but I think, you know, as his career goes on, he'll, he'll work on that maybe. Um, he's, I mean, he's thrown for 1,589 yards on the season. He's second in the league behind uh, Dak, I believe. So, you know, like we said, prayers up for Dak. Hopefully the recovery is smooth. But uh, and his touchdown to interception ratio is really, really good. 14 to three. So that's a really good ratio. Um, I mean, and plus this team has really a lot to look forward to, honestly. I mean, the Patriots aren't like that, you know, the unstoppable force in the AFC East anymore. It's not like they're king for 20 years in a row again. Right. Um, so, I mean, the Buffalo Bills definitely have a bright future ahead of them if they keep playing, you know, the way they are. Uh, I, I think they'll probably come out with their division. Yeah. I mean, it's six. I, I have the bills right there. Um, this was a team that they they're neck and neck in my opinion. Um, even though the Titans absolutely demolished them, I, I, I have the bills right there. And like you said before, you took the words right out of my mouth with the, but with the bills, I mean, yes, you do kind of wonder if maybe the front half of their schedule was a little bit easier. And maybe that's why Josh Allen and this team has looked absolutely phenomenal. But at the same time, you have to think, even if you're playing some of the worst teams in the league, 1500 yards passing through five games is not an easy accomplishment. So uh, Josh Allen is still a, a solid quarterback and still is up there for the MVP voting. So all right, and then at my number six, I actually have us, the Cleveland Browns, at six. Uh, we're four and one on the season. Uh, we've seen a really big offensive explosion from us. I mean, we've put up 30-plus points in each of the four games we've won, and plus those four games are consecutive wins. So it's really good that we put together a really good run. 
Uh, we have a healthy Odell and Jarvis and many other offensive weapons that you have. I mean, we talk about our offense constantly. I mean, especially we're going to have to watch out for us late. I mean, the league is definitely going to be put on notice when we have fresh legs and Nick Chubb. I mean, have, having a fresh Nick Chubb this late in the season is going to be huge for us. Um, but definitely our defense is uh, struggling a little bit. Um, but you know, we have the running back room holding it down for Nick Chubb is injured, but we're definitely got to work on our pass defense. I mean, who knows? We might uh, pick up some linebacker help. Uh, we'll just do a signing or, you know, we'll trade some picks or something. Who knows what we're going to trade for? I mean, if they're, if they're saying they're going to cut the guys that can't trade for them, I'm sure they'll take a couple picks from us. I mean, maybe even yeah. one, honestly, yeah, right. if they want to cut the guy, they'll probably take a pick from us, yeah, you know, right. even if it's a late round pick. So uh, definitely putting us on number six. I mean, Hopefully we'll be climbing up that uh, this power ranking soon. Uh, yeah, I definitely hope to see that. And uh, looking down at our remaining schedule, I think we're definitely going to break the top five here soon. Yeah, I sure hope so as a Browns fan. I definitely do. Um, at seven, now this one's kind of interesting because you got the Browns and the Steelers going, going at it this week. And this is, I mean, going into our future, uh, this is something that, this game is going to predict a lot of what's going to happen in the future. But right now I have the Steelers at seven. Um, they sure their schedule has been a little bit easier than ours, but their defense has looked way more solid than ours has granted. Their offense still has a few hiccups. Again, it's just going to kind of be interesting to see how that Steelers offense looks against our defense. But I really hope the boys in, in the trenches, our offensive line, the, the guys that are going to be down there can hold it up for us on Sunday because I don't see the Steelers being head and shoulders way better than the Cleveland Browns. I think that right now, just like the Titans and Bills, they're neck and neck. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you there. Um, I, I have the Steelers in the same spot. Um, yes, they're undefeated on the season, but they haven't played five games like uh, pretty much the rest of the league has. Um, I mean, you got Big Ben back at the helm, two great weapons and Chase Claypool, who absolutely exploded for 110 yards on just 11 receptions last game. And then you have Juju Smith-Schuster to throw to also. He's definitely proven his worth since AB left a few years ago. So, I mean, you got two top receivers in Claypool and Juju uh, with Big Ben, someone who can actually get it to those guys aside from the, the other, you know, guys we've seen uh, behind center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um and like you said, we can't really forget about, I mean, it's pretty much been a lockdown defense. Um, you're, you have it led, especially on the passing side, you got it led by two pro bowlers and Joe Hayden. And we, we know what Joe Hayden's capable of. And then um, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, when Minka Fitzpatrick first got to the Steelers, his impact was literally first game in. He made a huge impact. And ever since then, he's definitely fit very well into that Pittsburgh defense and made it big impact and kind of turned it around. I mean, we, we past couple of years, we haven't really had much room to talk, but, um, you know, looking at it from the outside on the Pittsburgh team last couple of years, I mean, you, you, we know what the offense was, but then looking on the defensive side, they had their struggles. So then having Joe Hayden make a Fitzpatrick there now, I, I, they have really solidified their defense and made it pretty solid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick was a guy last year that when he was being thrown around in the trade talks, he was a guy that I wanted the Browns to pick up. I mean, he was obviously young. He he had just he had just gotten drafted in the same draft as Baker, I believe. And uh, I mean, he was a guy that we needed safety help. 
we weren't really sure what Demarius Randall was and he was struggling. So that was a guy that I would have loved to see in the Brown and orange, but now obviously he, he plays for the division rival and he's a great safety. So I'm not really sure what to think of the Steelers defense because they did just let Carson Wentz in an offense that is struggling kind of just throw all over them and, and run all over them. But at the same time, before, before last week, their defense looked really good. So maybe that was just a fluke game for their defense, but we'll see what happens. But at eight, I do have the Cleveland Browns, your Cleveland Browns. How many times can we say that the Cleveland Browns have been in the top 10 of power rankings? I mean, it's not just my list. It's not just your list. It's lists all over ESPN, NFL Network, CBS. They all have us in the top 10. So, man, this is exciting. We're, we're at a time in the NFL and in Cleveland where the Cleveland Browns are a top 10 team in football. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really exciting, man. Yeah, you got you got Miles Garrett, who obviously we've talked about in the past as, as an MVP candidate. Obviously, the last defensive player to win MVP was Lawrence Taylor, however long ago. So the likeliness of that happening is, is obviously not the greatest, but to even just be in the MVP talks, uh, is is an honor in and of itself. Obviously, Aaron Donald was in the talks a few years ago. But, I mean, again, th- this team is led by Miles Garrett, by Baker Mayfield, by Nick Chubb. Obviously, Nick Chubb's hurt. But, it, again, this team is very solid. And offensively, they are just able to do – they're able to break you down, tear you up, and, and just make you believe that even good defenses – aren't good. So, I mean, we saw it, we saw them do it against the Colts and hopefully they can come out and absolutely tear the Pittsburgh Steelers apart because it's Steelers week and Pittsburgh sucks. Absolutely, man. I'm really excited. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see another helmet flying, but uh, <laughs> well, I really hope to, I really hope to put them in the ground again, man. I mean, that, that Thursday night game where, I mean, I forget it man like seeing mason rudolph get hit in the head with his own helmet i was hyped like i was really <laughs> shocked at first because mason or uh miles garrett did it but yeah. man i was like dude all them dirty things that the steelers have done to us right. the past however many years antonio brown kicking spencer landing in the face yeah. um i mean them just <laughs> just looking at the scoreboard at the end of the game on a sunday is dirty yeah. enough but yeah. you know having demarius andal demarius randall take out I can't remember what receiver that was. Might've been James Washington, man, had him yeah. bleeding out of his ear. He hit him so hard. I mean, we just completely body bagged the Pittsburgh Steelers in that Thursday, Thursday night game. So I'm really hoping that we come out and just absolutely dominate them this Sunday, yeah. man. And like you said, Pittsburgh sucks, man. Yeah. Uh, I can't really say what I want to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Steelers suck. So I'll get to my number eight real quick. I have the uh, Los Angeles Rams at number eight for me. And uh, looking at this defensive line, man, it's another one that's just terrifying to go up against. Um, Currently, the whole defensive line is on pace to have 24 sacks on the season altogether alone. I mean, not just from Aaron Darnold, but, you know, just that whole defensive line is terrifying to face. Um, Like I said, on pace for 24 sacks in the season, um, just allowing just 100 total yards uh, last game against the Giants. Um, I mean, Jared Goff can pretty much comfortably ride this defense to maybe a deep run in the playoffs. Um, I mean, obviously, they're going to have a pretty good run uh, 
as the season goes on. And, you know, Jared Goff, I think if, if you're number 16 for the Rams, you're looking at your defense, it's like, all right, man, you know, I got a lot of room to work here. I can kind of be a little more relaxed on how I play. So uh, definitely the Rams being a top 10 team, uh, they're probably going to be in the top 10 for, I mean, honestly, maybe the rest of the season, who knows? I, I, I mean, at this point and just how their defense is on pace to do these things and their offense is still pretty solid. Um, it, it's really hard to see this team drop out of the top 10. Yeah. I mean, I agree their defense, even though it hasn't been the greatest, it's still been solid enough led by obviously Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald uh, that, I mean, I have them at nine. They're, they're right there again, right in that eight, nine spot, I think is absolutely perfect for them. They're a solid team. Jared Goff is, again, they're kind of, Sean McVay's kind of using Jared Goff the way that Stefanski's using Baker Mayfield. And I kind of like to see that because then it puts in my head that Baker Mayfield isn't the only quarterback that kind of needs to dial it back as far as his aggression goes. I mean, as far as throwing those picks and and doing those things. But again, I kind of taking it off topic for a second. I I fully believe that Baker Mayfield will get back to that gunslinging, touchdown throwing, big hairy winning machine guy that he wants to be. Did you hear that quote? Like, what what the hell was that? Like, did you hear that he said that they're just trying to be a bunch of big hairy winning machines? Um, yeah, that's definitely an oddball one, man, for sure. But I mean, <laughs> I kind of get it. I mean, you think of like super macho dudes, they got like huge beards, hairy chests. I kind of get it, but it's kind of weird to say, to be honest. Yeah. But hey, that's my quarterback. I guess we'll yeah. be a big hairy machine. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, giving back to the Rams, I mean, this is a team that we didn't know who the starting running back was coming into this year. And we still don't know who the starting running back is now. Uh, their offense is led by Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods, they're they're a solid team all around. And, and Sean McVay, again, is that young mastermind coach that everybody wanted him to be. And he's he's showing it again that even last year after a down year, that he can still come back and be a top 10 team in the NFL. Yeah, uh, that's definitely, I mean, you have, when you have Sean McVay leading your team, it seems like anything's possible. I mean, for how young he is and just how well he's constructed that Rams team is, it's amazing. So uh, for my number nine, I have the Titans. Um, also, they have an undefeated record, but 4-0 on the season. I mean, due to this, I mean, they pretty much almost ruined football with the COVID-19 yeah. stuff and the outbreak they started. Um, but just, you know, aside from the COVID stuff, I mean, Ryan Tannehill coming in, taking the job away from uh, Marcus Mariota, he's kind of turned it around a little bit. I mean, it was struggling kind of towards the end of Mariota's time with Tennessee. So he's kind of turned around a little bit, make it, make it a little more solid. I mean, when you have a line led by Taylor Lewan, you are really confident to be behind him. I mean, yeah, if right. I was a quarterback and I had him in front of me, I'd be very confident. And, yeah. uh, and enough said here, but you have Derrick Henry running the ball for you. Yeah. I mean, that is just straight up enough said having Derrick Henry yeah. number 22 back there. I mean, when you can just pick up a grown man, I mean, honestly, what he did to Josh Norman was pretty much just picking him up by the chest one handed and throwing him down on the ground. That's yeah. essentially what it is. I mean, and he is absolutely huge, really hard to tackle. So, when, I mean, if, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you're struggling a little bit. It's like, man, forget this. I'm giving the ball to Derrick Henry, dude. Let them just run through these guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you have an absolute grown men amongst boys, like you said, it's, I mean, it's really hard to not have confidence in uh, this team's offense. Um, 
And yeah. another team that's pretty well solid put together. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. You're just good. one more thing real quick. I mean, uh, just like a lot of these teams in the top 10, I mean, I mean most of them, they – you know, they're either, you know, strong on the defensive side or a little bit, or they're more dominant on the offensive side. But I mean, pretty much all these teams uh, for the most part, I mean, are pretty well put together on all phases of the game. And Tennessee is just another team that's really, really solid. Yeah, completely. I completely agree with that. What I was just going to say was like, when I saw that stiff arm from Derrick Henry, it almost kind of reminded me of what Khalil Mack did to Tristan Wirfs a few weeks ago when he kind of just <laughs> threw him over his shoulder. Yeah. It's like, it kind of made me think like having Derrick Henry out there running back is almost like having Khalil Mack out there running back, but just him being 10 times faster. So, <laughs> I mean, that again, I like to look at the Browns and think, man, Nick Chubb's a good power back, but he's also got that speed. But then you look at somebody like Derrick Henry and you're like, yeah, that dude's like, however the hell tall he is. He's about as tall as a freaking defensive lineman oh, yeah, <laughs> as strong huge. as a linebacker. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know that guy's again, I wouldn't want to be the guy on the other end trying to tackle him. That's all I'll say. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, we definitely seen, um, with <laughs> Earl Thomas, man, being scared to tackle this dude. Yeah. I mean, if you see how fast he is, uh, 6'3", 238, running at you at a 4'5", that's really terrifying. Right. <laughs> Absolutely right. terrifying. I mean, as much you see, you see him lined up, I mean, next to guys, it's like, oh, my God. Like, it just – like NFL players, professional athletes, him standing next to them, and he makes them look small. It's like, oh, my God, dude. Like, that is really scary. Right. And, and to kind of just put this in perspective, uh, sorry, let me pull it up here for a second. Uh, him compared to Miles Garrett, you said Derrick Henry was 6'3", 238. Yeah. Miles Garrett's 6'4", 271. And Miles Garrett's one of the bigger defensive players in the league. So to be one inch shorter than Miles Garrett and Miles, and for Miles Garrett to only have like 30 pounds on you, that is, that's, that's insane. And you're playing running back. So yeah, Derrick Henry is an absolute monster. And whenever I think of Derrick Henry, I always think of that picture of him standing next to Mark Ingram. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, I, I know all you football fans probably know exactly what picture I'm talking about. And, and that dude is just, again, he's a monster, but finishing off the top 10 power rankings so far throughout the season, I have the saints at 10, um, not really sure what to think about the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees barely can make the ball to get the ball down the field half the time, but Alvin Kamara makes it so easy for Drew Brees. There was a time where we were looking at Marshawn Lattimore and going, he's going to be the next Darrell Revis or, or some a cornerback of that nature, you know. And I mean, right now this season he is not that guy. Obviously, Cam Jordan's played very well on the defensive end for the New Orleans Saints, but. Besides that, they haven't had much going on defense and their offenses has looked so, so throughout the first five weeks of the NFL. So yeah, I'm not really sure what else to say about new Orleans. Yeah, it, it is really a tough spot. I have them at the same. Um, and it is really hard to leave them out of the top 10 when you have drew Brees. I mean, <laughs> he is, he is still uh, drew Brees. I mean, he, he hasn't been up to his form. But, I mean, having the name and the legacy he has in the NFL, you really can't leave him out of the top ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's definitely declined in the season. But um, going looking ahead, 
I think he's going to recover because you have Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas to throw to you or to throw to. Yeah. So I I think he'll kind of get things together. He'll kind of he'll just he, I mean sure right now he's probably just sitting back be like all right man you know I'm seeing these things I'm doing I got to cut these out and you know, do this better and not do that. You know, just little things he's picking up on. I mean, maybe it's just old age. Maybe he's really looking back at it and be like, man, uh, uh, maybe this is it. Um, you know, kind of joking. Uh, when I was watching that game, he took a helmet off and they had an over. They really did him really dirty. They put an overhead cam on him. And <laughs> he has like, it's almost like a mustache on the top of his head because he has like his hairline that's like halfway back to his head. And then he's got a little bit of hair going on the front. And it literally just looks like a little mustache on his head. And they really did him dirty with that camera angle. I'm really disappointed on um, the camera crew for that. You, you got to just, you know, head on film Drew Brees for now on. I think they'll learn that. But, um, in all seriousness, man, um, you know, he's like he is the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. So I definitely think he's going to recover. And you really don't even have to be that accurate with uh, Sanders and Thomas back there. Um, yeah. We definitely see we definitely know a lot about Michael Thomas, uh, him being at Ohio State. Um, we know that um, he's very competitive and, you know, he can just go up for a ball because uh, actually Eli Apple was quoted saying that every time that Michael Thomas would catch a ball over him, you know, he'd run it to the end zone or, you know, wait till the whistle. And he would actually throw the ball at Eli Apple, go to the coaching staff and be like, recruit a DB who can guard me every time he caught a ball. That's what Eli Apple said. Yeah. And he, I mean, he said it almost ruined him at Ohio State. So, I mean, you got a super competitive guy. I mean, he's probably channeling that right now. Be like, man, Drew Brees, you know, he's getting old, man. I got to really make him look good. So, I, yeah. that team is definitely going to recover, man. And I see them jumping, jumping ahead a couple ranks, probably not. I mean, maybe not into the top five, who knows? I mean, maybe in the top five, I really hope to see it. Cause I really love Drew Brees, honestly, as a player. So, I mean, we're definitely going to see them. I don't see them dropping out of the top 10. I see them climbing yeah. up. I mean, maybe the eight, nine or eight realistically with how Drew Brees yeah. is playing, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it for me. Yeah. Drew Brees has always been that guy that's easy to root for, you know, I mean, he's, he's been that guy. You always see him with his kids. You always see him kind of just like, just being the good dad and the good quarterback, the good teammate. But that story about Michael Thomas is absolutely hilarious. And that's the story I was, I was actually scrolling through my phone, trying to find it on Twitter because I was just getting ready to talk about it before you brought it up. So sorry, yeah. man. <laughs> no, no, you're good. It's, it's good. Great minds think alike. Right. No, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see what the saints team can do, but in the NFL in, ge in general is just, it's been fun. You know, I mean, maybe it's just me missing football because we haven't had I mean, we had such a weird year with sports, but like football this year has just been absolutely phenomenal. So yeah. Yeah. Getting ready to close out the podcast. We're, we're super excited for Sunday's podcast. Sunday morning, we're going to have WTAM's own Jake Underwood on the podcast with us. And he's, when I talk Browns with Jake, I've talked Browns with him in the past and he's been on a few of my podcasts before, but he is just one of the more knowledgeable Browns minds. And uh, I just love talking Browns with him. And I really feel like he's going to be able to bring some great just knowledge to the Brown Steelers rivalry for, for me and Asa. And uh, I think it's really just going to be a great interview. So make sure you come check that out on Sunday morning. And again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to all of our pod or to our podcast on all uh, podcasting platforms, obviously Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. We even have an anchor account. So just make sure you uh, follow us there. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the bark of the Browns podcast. Mm -hmm.